No, won't fuck you. Oh, come on, no. man. No. What about my ebook recommendation? Shit. The Broke Agent presents Over Ask Podcast. Welcome to another episode of Over Ask. Today we have the spectacular David Parnes on. I feel like it should be Parnes. <laughs> if, you know? Yeah, the Americans do do that. They, they kind of like <laughs> you just know? add that Parnes. Because <laughs> I used to go to school here when I was like, believe it or not, when I was five. Before I was here for like one year from the age of like five to six. And they'd always say David Parnes. And that always <laughs> stuck with me. So I was like, when I came back like 20 years later, I heard Parnes again. I don't know what it is. Why it's- is that? I don't know. It's. I mean, we try and be fancy. We try and be a little fancy, but it's because uh, you exude luxury, is what yeah, it is. It, yeah, it's part totally is part, and you roll the R too. I'm gonna start doing. I that. mean, think about it. You know, Let me see if my sales go up. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's possible. No, I don't. Yeah, and we'll get it, we'll get into that. So this is former former star of Million Dollar Listing LA, and we just saw this. David ranked number twelve in the nation, Bond Street Partners. That is something. Congratulations on that. Thank you. It just means we got 11 spots to climb, right? Yes. That's <laughs> Kobe attitude there. I love yeah, it. That's, <laughs> yeah, that's the Kobe. So thanks for being on. We really appreciate it. Thank um, you. Let's just jump right into it. We had, we had your partner, James, on a couple yes. weeks back. And we heard about kind of how you got here. You guys were door knock, rock, paper, scissors, door knock. I think since that episode, the the question that's been just like in everyone's mind is who is the better door knocker <laughs> oh my god you know what we have i don't know if james told you this this story but when we first started door knocking we always did it together so we were like you know we're pussies right i'm scared to go on my own he's scared to go on his own he couldn't even sleep he couldn't even turn the light off in his room when he was younger Do you know what i mean oh when god, i say younger not even that not even that much younger right um so no we would do it together and one of us would sit in the car the other one would go up to the house did he tell you this story you yeah said, but we want said, to hear it from your perspective yeah because okay. maybe he was you was know embellishing paper, right? <laughs> yeah exactly okay all right so so it was rock scissors paper whoever lost has to be the one to door knock and we literally were like in the bird streets we had no clue literally i have zero idea we had zero idea where we were what we were doing uh, but we, we did it anyway. So we were in the Bird Streets at that point, And we were going up um, one of the streets off of Oriel. And we were going up to Dr. Dre's house, which he sold it since. So it's fine. But anyway, it was at the end of a, a cul-de-sac. It was a promontory. It was an incredible property. I think he paid like 10 and a half million for it. Um, and we wanted to see if he'd sell it. By the way, he ended up selling it for 32 and a half million. Uh, not through us, sadly, but he did. Um, and I, it was, I lost the rock scissors paper. So I literally was shitting myself. And I had to go up to Dr. Dre's house and I rang the bell. And what do you say? Do you know what I mean? It's like, okay. He didn't answer, right? One of his you know, assistants or whatever answered, how are you? I said, this is David and James. We have incredible buyers in your area. And we, this is like one of the first door knocks I ever did, right? And it had to be Dr. Dre's house. And, you know, would you be interested in selling? Well, I'll speak to my boss and I'll let you know. Um, I said, okay, I'll leave my card. I left my card, never heard a thing. So I think having said that, I was probably useless. <laughs> but the point is, the point is you don't give up, right? Each time you kind of get the craft. It's always like perfecting the craft or improving on the craft, right? Yeah. So the more no's I got and the more no's James got, the more it basically pushed us to 
to get better. I mean, at the end of the day, the reason we went into this industry is because we were going to work harder than anyone else. We were never going to give up. We were going to stay in our lane. And we were not reinventing the wheel. And at the end of the day, there were, there were huge agents, Jade Mills, Mauricio Umansky, uh, Kurt Rappaport, uh, Drew Fenton, uh, even Brandon Williams. They were big, 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 uh, Chris Cortazzo. I mean, the list goes on. That's all I needed to see, right? That these people are doing it. And not only are they doing it, they're really doing it. Like they're, they're selling hundreds of millions of dollars of real estate a year. Back then, you know, 10 years ago, they, people weren't doing a billion. It just wasn't the case back then, right? But hundreds of millions and they're making a fortune. They're buying real estate. They're building real estate. So that's all I needed to see. And, and, and the point is, the only way we wouldn't be successful is if we didn't work hard enough. We gave up and we were unethical. We, we, we didn't stay in our lane and we did something wrong. And, and by the way, everyone makes mistakes. I make mistakes the whole time. It's great to make mistakes. You learn from them, right? So mistakes are okay. Um, and, and, and that was it. And we hit the ground running and, and it was door knocking. It really was. I mean, it's funny because we had so many rejections. We had zero idea where we were or what we were doing. But not only do you kind of learn, not only do you kind of learn how to door knock, right? The more you do it, but you also learn the area you're door knocking in. Like you really do. People think, oh yeah, I'm the farming area. Yeah, bullshit. You won't really because you won't know what that house next door is like compared to the one um, you know, directly across the street because they could have different view orientations. The topography could be different. There's so many variables and factors that the floor plan, everything, you, you, you basically get to learn a street intimately through door knocking. So it's, it's very powerful. Don't you get to have to door knock the house in multiple ways in the sense that you have a security gate too that you kind of have to get through, like up in the Bird Streets <laughs> or Beverly Hills. I feel like you have to have a different script for each level of security. Because you'll get on the intercom, right? And then you have to explain why you even want to get to the actual door. Yeah, I mean, look, the truth is 99% of the houses, you won't get past the gate. It just is right. what it is, right? The first time. But you're going to redo that. So I would go down the street. I would literally get to the end of the street. I would turn around and start again, right? And if I didn't hit you know, certain houses, I'm making a note of them. I'm going to go the next day or the day after until I do hit them. You know what I'm saying? So it is, it is consistency, right? Don't expect to get in the first time. Maybe don't even expect to get in the first five times. But if you keep going, you will get it. I promise you. Did you ever start door knocking smaller houses, smaller no. listings in the bird streets? Like you just started with straight eight, $10 million places. Yeah, it was almost like, it's so funny because it was like people were like, and by the way, Bel Air as well, we were door knocking as well. So people, like, why did you, you know, why did you start small? We're like, well, partly because we didn't know better, right? We literally just, Bel Air sounds interesting. Let's go and door knock that. The Burr Street sounds interesting. They just happen to be, you know, 20, 30, 40, 50 million dollar houses. Do you know what I mean? And what was really interesting is at the time, it was really difficult to get listings because we didn't have a track record, right? This is the chicken and egg situation. It's like any realtor that starts, it's like, by the way, is this a serious podcast? I thought you guys were like humorous and like, oh, we well, try to do a bit of both. We're oh, we're okay, gonna fine. get into yeah. We have a, a list of jokes. Right yeah, we have a comedy there. routine yeah. that we're, we'll yeah, do in the middle yeah, of this. We'll don't do worry. We have a I'll, monkey. I'll bring out the clown yeah. balloons. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You should be taking the piss Make out of me as well. That'd be so nice. <laughs> <laughs> um, but right, anyway. shut the hell up about door knocking. <laughs> yeah. no there one you cares. go. Yeah, no one gives a fuck. That's more like it. So basically, it was like you know, clueless that we were clueless as to you know what we were doing and why we were doing it, and it was kind of a great thing because ignorance is bliss in that respect, right? It takes the fear factor away to a degree. And um, what we noticed at the time, the chicken and egg scenario, sorry, my ADD took us away, but um, 
you know, the track record. Like, how the hell do I get listings if I don't have a track record? How do I get a track record if I don't have listings? Any agent that comes into this business is going to say the same thing. How the fuck do you compete with these people that have sold hundreds of millions? Do you know what I mean? It's like, it's basically, as a seller, you'd be an idiot to give, you know, like, literally, you'd be an idiot to give some new agent a listing when there's <laughs> people with track records. It's, just, it's illogical. Do you know what I mean? So what we noticed at the time was that there was, there was a, a surge of developers, right? They were all going to Bel Air, into the Bird Streets, and they want to buy teardowns because there was a very clear margin. At the time, Paul McLean was the architect of the Bird Streets, right? And he everything he designed, and at the time, Niall Nyami was building a lot of the houses, right? And at the time, everything that combo did, every house Niall built with Paul McLean as an architect of the Bird Streets, would, it would just like sell for like record after record. I remember seeing Oriel Drive, you know, um, sold for 33 million or something. I saw um, Tanager sold for 18 million. Oriel uh, Lane off of Oriel Drive sold for like, you know, 18 million. These were like $3,000 a foot sale prices, right? And, and it basically made the math so obvious. It was like, God, you can buy a teardown for X, right? Just say, I don't know, 5 million bucks, right? You can spend, by the way, bill costs were a lot less then as well. So you can spend 600 bucks a foot building, right? So if I'm going to build an 8,000 square foot house, right? That's going to be 4.8 million if my maths is right, which I think it is. Plus the five, you're in for 9.8 million. A comp just sold for 25 million. Like that is a clear margin. You can make 10 million, 11 million bucks clear after costs and carry and everything. If you just buy this lot and build this house there, right? It was that obvious at that point. Um, so we noticed that, you know, we had the ability to go and hunt out teardowns. So we kind of focused our attention because we didn't, we didn't, we didn't really have a track record. So it was difficult for us to get listings at that time. So we would focus on the teardowns. So we would door knock, get these teardowns because a developer doesn't give a shit how long your track record is. Yeah. Maybe it helps because, you know, they believe what you're talking about, but if the deal is that obvious, it's like, this is the deal. They're going to buy it, right? And if you do good by them, this is what I've noticed. If you do good by a developer and you're loyal to them and you're delivering them deals and you're there throughout the process with them, they're probably going to give you the listing on the back end as well, right? And suddenly what happened was it was so, it's just like, it's just such a weird how this all came together was that we would sell a six and a half million dollar teardown in Bel Air and end up selling it for $37 million on the back end, right? Yeah. So you're actually doing $45 million worth of business out of like one door knock, which is crazy, yeah. right? It's almost better than getting the listing initially because you're kind of double dipping in that respect. Yeah. Um, so we did that a lot. And then in you know, Bel Air, even with the teardowns, it, it, we would promote it and put it out there that we just sold this teardown on Perugia Way for six and a half million dollars. Then we got a call from someone on Stone Canyon, right? Which is the street the Bel Air Hotel's on. He's like, oh, he was like an old agent. His name's Gene Leone, what a character. Holy smokes, did you just sell that tear down on Perugia Way for six and a half million dollars? That's my American accent, by the way. I apologize. <laughs> Uncanny, we're like, fantastic. We're like, we're like, yes, we're like, yes, we did. He's like, do you think you could sell mine for six and a half? I was like, absolutely. We listed his house, we sold that. It was actually for 6.4, but he wasn't complaining, right? So then suddenly we're getting our name out there as, as, as these you know, teardown sellers, right? And, and at the same time, inadvertently, we're building this massive pipeline up because all these houses are under construction. And right now we have about a billion dollars of inventory because we've sold all these teardowns over time and they're under construction now and we have the listing signed already.
So it's kind of it's kind of crazy, basically. And it went from six million dollar teardowns to twelve million dollar teardowns to twenty million dollar teardowns to thirty million dollar teardowns. I sold a fifty six million dollar remodel, which was basically a teardown. So it just kind of exponentially goes crazy because then you have to think about what is the value of those properties on the back end. Suddenly, you've got all these listings coming up for 150 million, 120 million. So it, it just it just literally explodes. Do you know what I'm saying? And that's basically it. Sorry for the long ramble. Yeah, but but how, yeah. how much of this has to do with your British accent? Yeah, I know. That's the thing. I can listen to you talk all day. Yeah, and really? I'm, I'm assuming like when you were where you were doing this door knocking five hours a day, you've had calves of a racehorse. I'm sure you're fit as. It is Does a he? I know he has calves of, as a racehorse. I, I, I mean, I you door knocking. Have you seen the? I'm, I'm sure you've seen the Beverly Hills uh, uh, driveways. They're yeah, I've they're seen fucking them. fifty yeah. feet high. Yeah, yeah big yeah, calves, yeah, but, David. But remember, <laughs> but remember, you don't get through many of them first right. time. You're <laughs> so, lucky to walk. Up, you're lucky to walk up two long driveways on a on a successful door knocking situation. But thank you. I wish I did have calves of a racehorse, more yeah. like a greyhound, but it's fine. Um, <laughs> That's good too. And by the way, yeah. back to my accent, my wife would thoroughly disagree. She could not want to sit there and listen to me all oh, day, wow. but I appreciate it. Maybe the novelty just wore off. Do you know what I mean? Right. Yeah, now, when you live with someone, for sure. When, yeah. you were, when you were walking up those driveways, like you said, you'd be lucky if you got up too. Was that like once you finally got through the gate walking up where you're like, holy shit, I got I to gotta turn it on now. This yeah. is like my chance for the day. This is... Yeah. I need to feed my family type deal. Cause I'm assuming early on, you didn't have the luxury of just, I mean, you, what James says is you didn't have a lot. Like when you started, you were like no. really grinding. Yeah. I mean, look, it was such a beautiful thing though, because it was like, it was there for the taking. Right. And, 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 and I knew it was possible a hundred percent is proven, right. Yeah. It's we're not reinventing the wheel. And it was such an exciting situation to really see then more than ever that the sky is the limit it's there for the taking there's a possibility we can actually do a six million dollar deal that's huge do you know what i mean it's almost incomprehensible and that's just the beginning because it only gets easier because the more six million dollar deals you do the more track record you have the more credible you are the more chance you get to build your brand it's like it, it was it was too good to be true because we were you know what we were doing before was a real grind like you know high high precious sales over the phone and it just wasn't something that was good right and, and it had its limits at that point in time and this was just like our whole world opened up it was like being free I know it sounds crazy yeah. but it was yes I wouldn't say it was stressful I'd just say it was exciting at the yeah. time yeah was the was that teardown was that your very first yes or do you remember your very first yes that kind of changed the course of the career for you and James? Yeah, I think it was probably that Perugia Way one when we got, we got like a tip off basically. So someone had, a project manager had told us at the time that these people would probably sell and we had a developer at the time, right? That wanted to buy. So we went up and door knocked and the, and the maid kindly gave us the contact, right? Of the seller. We contacted the seller and they said, well, funnily enough, we're actually going to be listing this property. We're going to be going to market. So again, we weren't really going for the listing at that point. We genuinely had the buyer. And we said, great. Who is your, your, your cute little dog? Oh, um, thanks. That's Bowie. Hey, He's Bowie. Part of the show. Friend of the show. Yeah. I love dogs. Um, so <laughs> Do you have a dog? 
yeah, I have a little rat. She's a chihuahua. <laughs> she's somewhere upstairs. Yeah, she attacks everyone that comes into the house. I still love her, though. She's a little shit, but I love her. Um, anyway, yeah. She, I think she's just being protective. I don't think she means bad. She, she genuinely thinks yeah. she's trying to help us out. She comes, up, comes off completely wrong, though. Um, <laughs> by the way, if she was a big dog, she would have been put to sleep by now because she killed like God. 10 people. Just yeah. kill it. But do, you, do you bring uh, your chihuahua to showings or anything like that? Or around no, clients? she'll destroy everything. She looks yeah. cute until she she opens her mouth that's a problem and it should do more damage than good your dog would probably win that by the way i can see your yeah. dog's really cute mine mine is thank you not very yeah, nice he's fantastic you can't see his face actually it's no, he's, fantastic. <laughs> he's got a great face yeah he's got a great face, he's got a great yeah. face. um i think that's on your instagram actually yeah um and basically okay where are we at luckily this is not live because we can kind of like you know Oh yeah, we can cut whatever we want out of that. Oh, I'm yeah. streaming this on my Instagram right now. Actually, <laughs> yeah. the entire world is seeing this. So. <laughs> well, way, I do want to know. You were talking about your the, the first teardown. What you were saying? You were saying was that one you were just yeah, talking yeah. about? Yeah, So basically, they said they were going to market. So we said, okay, can you give us our, your your um, your agent's details? So we contacted the agents at the time, and uh, they we said we got a buyer, and we basically put this deal together, and we sold it for six and a half million dollars, and basically. From which was a huge commission, right? For yeah. us, we, I don't think we'd ever seen a paycheck in one go like that. Even though there's two of us, right? It was like, yeah. wow, that's crazy. Off the back of that is what I told you that the guy from Stone Canyon, Gene Leone, who was an old time agent, contacted us and said, "Did you guys sell that for six and a half? Can you sell mine?" And we ended up selling his one. It was just like, this is awesome. I remember a friend of my dad's at the time took me from London. It took me for dinner at Boa, right? And I was sitting there with him and his daughters and whatever. And at that point, I got the offer from Rochelle Atlas Mays. Do you know what I mean? On 880 Stone Canyon for like 6.3 million to land at 6.4. And it was like, I was like, whoa, this is like crazy. I remember where I was sitting. Do you know what I mean? It was such a rush. And that was it. That was, we were just off to the races at that so point. It's just a domino effect. I hear it that really a lot. Is. It's like once you can get that one big one, uh, yeah. and then you just can you can leverage that completely. Hundred percent, and it's all about you know shouting the loudest, getting your you know when you have an open house, put as many signs out as possible, get your brand out, advertise. People have to know who you are. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And and listings and sales are the best excuse to put yourself out there. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. And it's just. Yeah, it was just from there. And by the way, there's always room for improvement. Where we've got today, we've done incredible sales and I'm very grateful for it. But all I look at is, shit, this is where we've got to improve. This is where we've got to step it up. You know what I mean? It's just kind of, you know, don't get me wrong. I appreciate and and I'm grateful for what we have, but I am always looking to what we could be doing. Yeah, absolutely. So what are you seeing now? I mean, with the rates going up, do you think there's going to be a recession? Um, is it harder for you guys to get these big listings and sell them? This is what I think. I think that the stock market's gone down. I think crypto's gone down. Do I think they're going to come back? A hundred percent. Like in the future, they will come back. You know, we, li- we, we live in a capitalist boom bust economy. It is what it is, right? If you look at the history of the cycles that we go through, it's constantly like that. But the trend is, even if it goes up and down, the trend is it's always going up in general right so even though it's like going like that so from a perspective of you're buying a property right i think i was watching tim smith and tom ferry talking right i always watch all these things because i'm friends of the learning. show yeah friends of the show do you watch our podcast friends or? Of the show. do you watch yeah, ours right, too? Always, yeah. i always want to learn do you know what i mean yeah. like you never <laughs> you've got to know where you're at right you've so, never seen so, our podcast before. yeah it's okay. I I you, can, you can learn from us too yeah 
We'll teach you I've about Instagram hashtags. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that would be not how to get sixty million dollar listings, but how to get more yeah. link clicks in your yeah. story. Sixteen which million is good for the sixteen million uh, views. Blueprint actually. Yeah. Oh yeah, I yeah. like that. Yeah, let's talk about that. We Hold will, that we will. Thought. We will, we will. <laughs> no, we will. It's on the docket. Yeah. Thank you. Um, but no, um, honestly, the truth is, where what I was even talking about, I completely ADD'd now. The, Sorry, yeah, we're, the, we're talking about the economy and basically what oh you're yes, telling clients it. right now. What are you telling buyers? So I what think the trend sellers? is always up. This is the thing. When you see the stock market go down, people think, oh, well, the real estate market should go down. Or now we've got crypto in that equation as well. Oh, the stock market should go down. Actually, no. What you're going to notice is, and I always thought to myself, you want bricks and mortar because frankly, as long as you're not over leveraged and you're not overextended and you have a decent mortgage, right, on a property, you're probably not going to give the keys back to the bank. Worst case, you just rent it out and rents are sky high right now. It's not going to disappear off the screen like crypto can or like, you know, a yeah, stock can, frankly, right? Thanks. So the truth is bricks and mortar are very, very safe. And I think what I've noticed is a lot of people are liquidating their crypto and their stocks to go into real estate for that exact reason. And I promise you that has also contributed to the stock market, you know, sell-offs, the stock market going down, crypto going down. People are selling off and they they don't want to sit on cash because we have inflation right now, right? What's a good hedge against inflation? Definitely not having your cash in the bank. The best hedge against inflation is to put into real estate, right? And you also want to borrow as much money as you can. The value of your debt goes down and the value of your asset goes up. So it's like a win-win. If I own real estate during inflation, it's the best place to be, especially if I've got a mortgage on it. And I don't know if you're following this, but it's kind of, it is what it is. The value of money goes down during inflation. We all know that, right? Yes, Which basically means if I owe my mortgage in dollars, the value of that mortgage is going down. Right. Yeah. And if I own my property, which is an asset, the value of that property is going up. You literally, it's a win-win. In my opinion, it's probably one of the best times to buy. And by the way, if you're buying a house, you're buying it probably for the next 30 years, right? So it goes back to that point. If you can now, you know, if we are slightly transitioning into you know, from, away from a buyer, a seller's market to a buyer's market, use that as your leverage. As an agent, I'm going to be working with my buyers and say, let's negotiate a little bit. I was doing it yesterday. I was like, you know, let's negotiate a little bit and, and basically see if you can get a better price because as long as you can lock in your mortgage, as long as you can buy that property in the future, you can always refinance it when rates go, go back down again. And by the way, rates aren't even high. I was building houses in 2010 or 2011 when rates were at this level. And I was thinking, this is great. It's like we've all been spoiled and conditioned to believe, oh, yeah, 2% interest rates on a 10-year IO. That's just ridiculous. Do you know what I mean? That, that's just, that is great, but 55 even 6% interest rates are fine. Do you know what I mean? It's like, historically, that's still a low interest rate. Yeah. So to recap, you can still get good mortgages. You could probably negotiate on pricing on properties. And on top of that, it's the best hedge against inflation. And it's safe because it's bricks and mortar. It's just, it's, it's, it's proven. It, it is what it is. And you're buying for the long term. All of these factors you take into account, it basically makes it a no-brainer to carry on buying real estate. I'm buying myself, by the way. I'm not just like, I'm practicing what I'm preaching. Well, there you have it. I mean, that's, everyone just listen to that 10 times. That's your script. Exactly. There's your script right there for, so you're not really seeing it affect your business right now at all. It's just business as usual. I yeah, mean, of course. Yeah. yeah. And by the way, let's talk about inventory for a minute, right? Because everyone's saying, oh, inventory, inventory. I, I'm telling you now, the level of inventory that we have on this in, in LA right now is less than it has been this time last year or the year before, I guarantee you, right? Which basically means that we still have very low inventory. 
people aren't that distressed that we're not seeing a flood of inventory coming onto the market from distressed sellers right? like we saw in 08 and 09, right? Because there's no funny money. Everyone that's bought properties this time around has bought it either all cash because they've had to compete with so many other buyers, right? So the strongest offer would win. There was so much competition amongst buyers recently. So they bought it all cash. They got a really good mortgage um, or, or they've put a very sizable deposit down, right? So the reality is, it's like, I don't think we're going to see a bunch of properties from distressed sellers on the market right now because it was real cash, cash that bought it, unlike 08. So I don't think we're going to see that financial crisis. Are you starting to see a slowdown in terms of multiple offers? On uh, these yeah, properties yeah. or like does that yeah. even happen on 40 50 60 million dollar properties i don't yeah. even know like what that looks like mortgage application well no the six fifty sixty million it's just these people are all cash and by the way right. i don't see that slowing down you can mm. look at the mls right now i mean i saw a 32 and a half pending we just closed you know multiple deals 40 million 45 million and, and yeah if, if you're an agent you 20... want to puke all over yourself go to uh david's website <laughs> It's a beautiful website. That's not why you puke all over yourself. But go look at his listings. It's literally forty million dollars, thirty yeah, million dollars, fifty million dollars, twenty million dollars. I've never seen anything like it. Eric can't even write that many zeros. He's, <laughs> exactly. he's never seen it before in his life. <laughs> well, it wasn't always like that, you know. You have to build build up to get to that. I told you the story, the formula of what we actually did. Everyone, stop, Matt. People want to work with the best, right? Right. Okay. Yeah. You know, clients want to work with the best agent in the market. You want to go to the best Italian restaurant. I'm going to go to the best golf course and people want to listen to the best podcast in the game, which of course is us and agents want to use the best CRM in the business. And what is that? Matt? That's right. Well, that's Boomtown, the number one user rated real estate CRM. And it's so much more than a CRM, Eric, you know that? Yeah. It's actually, it's all the tools and tech you need to close more deals and grow a sustainable real estate business. By the way, I went to the Boomtown Unite conference, one of the best real estate conferences I've ever been to, if not the best. So yeah, check out Boomtown and see how you can score 750 bucks in free digital advertising. Visit boomtownry.com slash over ask. That's boomtownry.com slash over ask. That's boomtownry.com slash over over ask. Now, folks, that's boomtownroi.com. <laughs> All right, let's get into the episode. <laughs> so basically, um, you know, the point is, no, I don't see that because it goes back to that point. It's like people with, that are buying 40, 50, 60, 80 million, 150 million dollar houses, right? They are likely all cash and they're probably thinking to themselves right now is like I said, I don't really want my money in the stock market right now. I don't really want my money in crypto right now. You know, bonds may be okay. I'm not going to get the best return, but I'll put some money in bonds or whatever other, you know, vehicles they want to use. But it kind of makes it more obvious than ever during inflation for the aforementioned reasons that probably it's a good idea to put my money into real estate. So they're, they're just literally just moving asset from cash into bricks and mortar. That's all they're doing. So I don't really see it affected at, at that level really at all, frankly. And again, it goes back to the fact there's also no inventory. I saw a tweet the other, I, I saw a tweet the other day from some real estate guy I think it's like mm. mall strip real estate. I don't know. He's pretty good on Twitter. We'll mm. link it below. No, we won't. I'll forget about this. But <laughs> basically he said, you know, I like my assets where I don't have to check it every single minute and puke basically. Yeah. And I'm in, you know, unfortunate uh, stance where I'm checking my crypto every five seconds. I've been looking oh, at it God, you know, during this podcast. Well. I'm literally down 90% and it keeps happening on a daily basis. Oh, my so God. if you do want to invest in an asset where you don't have to worry about this, I mean, could you imagine real estate if you could actually see 
your home market, like know, you know, going up and down cool. by the dollar. That would be a cool. That's actually quite thing. a good little concept. That's just cool. Let's with, do it. Yeah, that's genius. We're starting that right now. David, yeah, you're out. It's it. me and Matt. We're 50 50. Yeah, we're, we're cool. You guys, you with the We've agency, copy and everyone, it. you and Mauricio can start that in two seconds. Yeah, you can that's start in two seconds. That's a great idea, actually. But I mean, look, it's actually a really good idea. But the point is, right now, um, is you know, it's just it's it's just a matter of 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 safety, and and I really believe your real estate is not going to disappear. And again, if you don't over leverage, which you shouldn't do anyway, right? And even if you end up, you know, if I look at it and I can't afford to live in my own house, I'm just going to rent it out. There's kind of an inverse relationship, right? Sometimes when rates go up, rentals go up because, yes, admittedly, when you get sub five million, less people are getting mortgages right now. Like mortgage applications have dropped. That's a, a fact, right? But I think a lot of that is not just linked to where interest rates are, you know, the fact they've gone up. I think it's also linked to the fact that there's very little inventory out there. Like it, there really is. So there's only so many mortgage applications going to go through because there's only so many houses that can be bought. And someone's only going to put a mortgage application in if they found a house they can buy. Do you see what I'm saying? So I think a lot of it's got to do with that as well. And by the way, you mentioned, have we seen multiple offers uh, change? At that lower level, we were seeing 32, 34, 40 offers competing for one property sub five which is crazy that's just unhealthy that's not a sustainable situation because you know if i'm a buyer's agent or if i'm working with buyers that's a nightmare it's like every single property we go for we've got to compete to 40 people and the only way you're going to get it is if you grossly overpay that's not healthy i don't think that's a good situation so the fact that now it's dwindled to probably about three you know three you were, people you were seeing 30 offers on a four million dollar Four million dollar property. You're seeing forty offers. Forty offers. By the way, wow. just so you know, we sold a house in the Beverly Hills Flats, which we actually represented a buyer on, um, and they um, they they came on for I think it was um, seven and a half million, basically a teardown or a gut job, right? And we represented our buyers, and they really wanted it, and they beat out thirty two other offers jesus by the way God. they paid 10.2 million there you go my point is on a property value of 10.2 million there were 32 other yeah. ready willing and able people to go and buy that that's isn't, how crazy it became isn't the slight shift or kind of normalization in the market a good thing for realtors in the sense that now you have more stuff to talk about not more stuff to talk about but you, you could become the educator, the knowledge broker is all, you know, the Tom Ferry people say, I can't believe I use that again. I think in back-to-back podcasts, but like <laughs> for, for me, it's exciting because now we have different content. I've been posting about low inventory in this insane seller's market for two and a half years. And now it's like, as an agent, you get to talk about something different and like calm people's fears. So do you enjoy when the market shifts like this? Yeah, I'm actually really happy, to be honest with you. And I'll tell you why I'm happy for several reasons. For, for, for the fact that now when you're representing a buyer, you actually might get a deal done, right? Which is kind of nice. Um, also for opportunities as well. It's like it was too pent up before. It was, it was, just, it was a frenzy, right? And, and, and I don't think that it, it, that is a good environment to operate. And yeah, listen, everyone sold a lot of real estate. It was great, but we're always going to sell real estate. And what I've noticed is when shifts like this start to happen, a lot of it weeds out a lot of, you know, people just get their licenses during COVID and people just get into real estate for the sake of it. But it really starts to weed those people out. Do you know what I mean? And, 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 and it concentrates the, the market share on on the real producers and the people that really take this as a serious full-time job. So I actually think it's like a, it's like a cleanse in one respect. 
Um, but also it's like, listen, it, it's, it, it's just, you can't continue competing with 30 offers on, on, on a property for 10 million bucks. It's just, yeah. it, it's just crazy. It's unsustainable for sure. Totally. I mean, who's offering totally. on that? Like all of one direction and Justin Bieber, like, holy shit. <laughs> <Yeah. who's> the... <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Funny who's you should say that. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Is there anyone you could tell us like a cool uh, celebrity story or do you yeah, tell us something? You gotta. You probably well, can't disclose it. I alluded to the Dr. Dre one, didn't I? But I mean, it wasn't well, that was just a boy knocking oh, yeah. experience. You've oh, clearly yeah, represented it's probably one, hundreds of celebrities. I know it's because you're years. you sign disclosures for most. I assume. It's also you just don't do it because then if you talk about them, they're just not going to be very happy. That, well, I can talk about oh, PK right. and Dorit. They're my really good friends, PK and Dorit. Um, you know, Dorit from Housewives and PK. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, Tariq Al Musa, Kenzie. No, yes. not... wait, what? What did I say wrong? What did you Tar- say? Kambusa. Oh, no. Tariq Al Musa. Tariq Al Musa, right? Oh, no. I said, I said Dorit Kemsley. Ah, okay. yeah. The Housewives and Mauricio and Kyle. But obviously, you know, I've, I've dealt with uh, PK injury. I sold them their house. They're awesome to work with. But, you know, whenever I'm with PK, he just takes the piss out of me the whole time. He literally right. fucking loves it. And he's actually very good at it. Well, David, I, I always want to know this. Your first big check. This is very intriguing to us and our audience. First big mm. check. What was your splurge? Just like something super, just nothing that you put back into your business. Just something you're like, I want this and I can buy it right now. <laughs> That's a very good question, actually. Thank I you. was just, I was just, I was just reckless. If you really want the truth, <laughs> you know what I mean. I was just consistently <laughs> reckless. I had my my American Express, and every time, basically, I'd get a commission check, and it'd just be paying down the bill of the Amex. By the way, that's another thing. You've got to really be careful of that because it was like the managing the money was probably the hardest part. In fact, it took me up until like three years ago. I was actually, believe it or not, I'd sold so much real estate, but I hadn't really got much to show for it. How crazy is that, by the way? Like literally it was because I was just spending. It wasn't a splurge. It was splurges. It was a lifestyle. It was just like credit card, credit card. You don't think, do you know what I mean? And then you just, you're just paying down these bills and then you've got tax bills and this. It's really like you, you read it about like, you know, celebrities, actors, this, and they end up bankrupt. So how the fuck did Wesley yeah. Snipes become bankrupt? <laughs> he was in all my favorite movies. Do you know what I mean? Like A-list actor, because it doesn't matter. Someone told me this. It doesn't matter how much you're earning. It, dep- it matters how much you're spending. If you're spending more than you can afford, it doesn't matter how the fuck much you are earning. You're screwed, right? So it took me a long time to figure that out. And actually, we got a business manager, uh, Josh, who is awesome, Josh Klein. And he was like, dude, you need to budget this is what you're spending this is what you're making yeah you're doing really well but it's never going to work like this this is why you owe back taxes this is why you have credit card bills this is why you're going to be in trouble so we literally put onto a uh, I put us onto a budget which was actually incredible because i thought oh my god my life's over i got so used to this lifestyle oh my god by the way it didn't change shit because 90% of the stuff I was spending on was just absolute pointless rubbish. It was just <laughs> neg- negligence. Do you know what I mean? But like, like cars, watches, booze, trips. Just, just stupid meals and, yeah, um, subscriptions that I didn't even know bay. I had. Salt Bay. Salt Bay. Yeah, once <laughs> I did that, actually. Um, <laughs> but it was just like stupid like literally it didn't even make a difference so subscriptions i just i just pictured david uh, like as lloyd christmas and dumb and dumber when he gets out of the lamborghini he just starts tipping money there you go there you go (laughs) he's just giving money to everyone it was just 
stupid now I think back on it. And by the way, it's, it's you know, I, 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 it makes me sick to think about, like, <laughs> you, you work so hard and you get this rush, but you don't really put two, I didn't really put two and two together and think that, you know, these rewards are a result of hard work, right? If you're just going to, like, do that hard work, get it, and then just splurge it and probably end up in debt because you're going to owe taxes on it, right? Because you yeah. don't open up a tax account. It can really be a fuck up, massive fuck up, and it was, thank God, I've been able to turn it around and it's good now, but it was just like, so that full long-winded answer was just in response to a splurge you asked me about one of my yeah. first deals. You just, you just splurge for like 10 years. Yeah, exactly. That was <laughs> the best answer we've had on that question. Yeah, I think. That was terrible, good. terrible, yeah. terrible. Yeah. Anyway, I'm glad it's uh, hopefully in the past at this point. <laughs> um, yeah. No, my, my, my wife always said, you know, I, I, I married an Arab and now I have a Jew. <laughs> <laughs> well you know how it is like you know yeah. the arabs like by the way i'm persian i can kind of say that right? in fact you've probably cut that just in I'm, case come I'm, to I'm, think of it. <laughs> I'm jewish if that if that helps i'm jewish but... too okay yeah, a, 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 i wasn't worried about I'm the not. jew part, about right the exactly part. but i am persian so whatever yeah. I'm, I'm let's persian hope they don't jewish. just yeah we've covered all bases we're yeah yeah yeah, yeah we're, i'm i'm right i'm uh italian so awesome yeah we're good are you going are you going this summer yes where where are you from well, I'm from Toronto. Oh, but your blood is Italian from where? Like where? Uh, where? Body. Body. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, I'm not <laughs> real. I'm just one of those Italians who like, it, my last name's Leonetti. Fuck you know, I just, awesome. you know. Yeah. Have you been watching The Offer, by the way? The what? The Offer. Yes. Did you like it? The it's Offer. Right. The Making of the Godfather, right? Yes. Oh, I loved that. Oh my God, it was so good. Yeah. Anyway. The Godfather's <laughs> like... I mean, one of the best. I thought the offer was a movie with it, Miles it, Teller, yeah, or is it a TV a, show? Yeah, it's 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 yeah. it's it's, it's, a, it's a, I don't even know what the fuck it is. It, it runs like a movie, but it's like a it's in it's in parts. You know what I mean? Like got it. episodes. Okay, yeah. we'll check Bloody that out. Awesome, yeah. Uh, you could have got a part there with your Italian last name and. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, my big nose. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no. So I had three nose jobs, but no, anyway, I, moving on. <laughs> I thought you were talking about Forum right when you said, "Are you going this summer?" I thought you were talking about Forum. The agency. No, I thought no. he was talking. Yeah. I think he was talking about Italy. Yeah, I was oh, talking about Italy. No, I'm not going to Italy. <laughs> it was like no, you just no, said, I, "Yeah." Yeah, 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 yeah. I just, but, I thought, uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, I can go to Italy too. David, right. you want to, you want to split? I would. I'm going to France. Um, yeah. I'll meet you there. Yeah, done. Uh, okay. end, of, uh, end of August, beginning of, <laughs> end of August, beginning of September. I promise you, I'd be on a fucking plane right now if I could. But we just had a baby, and it's a little oh, bit. Congratulations. congratulations! Yeah, thanks. That's why I look like shit right now. But thank you. <laughs> baby Chihuahuas tearing shit up, just dude. Complete. And my, my four-year-old who was actually having a meltdown just before we started this podcast. So oh, luckily, nice. you were a few minutes late because otherwise, uh, I wasn't on my screen. <laughs> Um, so, okay, well, before you get back to the baby, we want to talk about the blueprint real quick. Yes, I appreciate um, that. Your email blast, which is incredible, going out twice a week. Matt and I get it. I know um, we turned a bunch of people on it after um, James's episode, and we got such great feedback from it. So if you could just break that down real quick, why you started it, what it's about, and how it's going. Yeah, no, totally. And thank you, by the way. So basically, look, as a new realtor, or even just a realtor, I always found myself and find myself like researching. I mentioned to you like the podcasts I'm watching, you know, trying to get that information, get that information. And, and I never really had one source that I could go to, to keep learning from. So we created what we basically always wanted. And that is literally taking 
the current affairs, taking the latest news related pertaining to the economy or to real estate and giving our take on what that means from our perspective, how we interpret that as realtors in our position, knowing what we know. And it's kind of an amazing thing because it's ongoing because it's based on current affairs, right? So there's always going to be news and there's always going to be things affecting our market like we've been speaking about. But then to hear our take in a short, concise point, because ADD is rife these days, right? I don't know if they, it's something they put in the water, but people don't want to read long, long-winded stuff. Yeah, so we keep yeah. it very concise to the point. And it basically gives our take on the market. And, and really, and it gives an intro as well, like we'll be saying how our week's going, you know, you know, a tip of the day or whatever it is. And it's just very concise. It's very easy to read. It's twice a week. And it basically keeps you up to date with the market and gives you our take from our perspective. And it's as simple as that. But for me, I enjoy doing it. Um, and as a realtor, I would definitely enjoy um, reading it. So I would strongly, strongly recommend. And by the way, it doesn't cost anything. It's free. So it's like, okay, big deal. And by the way, it's delivered to you as well. So you don't even have to go looking for it. You can just get sent to your inbox twice a week. You open it up. You can read it in within five minutes and you're completely up to date. I think it's just, it's, it's a great thing. It is very, very good. And I said this to James as well. Uh, I can't stress that enough. Like I do not like this type of shit at all. But like you said, it's kind of like bite size where you can actually consume it because I don't want to read like paragraphs and paragraphs or something. I just can't do it. And that I mean, was our main thing because yeah. we are both majorly ADD. So it was like, we don't want this long-winded thing. It's got to be short. It's got to be to the point. I want to be able to read that in five minutes and be able yeah. to move on with my day. And our subscriber base has grown exponentially. I think every week it's going, it's, it's literally now hopefully going to go viral, but it's going kind of really, really crazy growth right now. We have referral programs, people that refer a certain number of people. We, 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 you know, offer them a zoom or, you know, a shout out or what, whatever it is. So that's a great incentive, incentive there. Um, and, and, and it works. I mean, the open rates crazy as well. It's not like it's going out to a bunch of people who aren't opening it. We've always maintained a very high open rate. So it, it's good. It's exciting. Yeah. I mean, if, if anyone's listening to this podcast and, um, James's podcast, you hear how passionate they are about real estate and how knowledgeable they are. And the, I mean, the email shows that as well. Oh yeah. So we're also in the process of growing our email list. And I just wanted to ask you, what are you doing to grow your email list? Are you doing links in your stories? I know you mentioned you do uh, some Zooms and stuff like that, but what else are you doing to grow an email list? So so it's kind of important. Obviously, we, we have organically, we have clients, we have a website, we have a lot of visitors, right? Because we're pretty public in that respect. Um, but also, you know, our social media following is huge. You know, we're always putting it on the the avenues that we believe will work. And obviously, and we have already have a following on. So we were lucky we already have a social media following. That's a great way straight away. Um, also, um, the referral programs, we're going to be setting up a YouTube channel. Um, and we're probably going to be doing some paid ads as well. Awesome. One thing we just did. I'm just keep talking I... about it. And then word yeah. of mouth. Word of mouth. Don't forget, yeah. word of mouth is huge. It spreads like wildfire. Think about it. If there's like a bit of gossip or a rumor that goes around, it goes from one person, then it turns to 10 people, then 100 people. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's the same thing. If something is good and people see it and they appreciate it, it will spread like wildfire. So a lot of it's from referrals as well. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure people are forwarding it to people nonstop. Agents yeah. in the industry, even for sure. forwarding it to their clients for good information. Uh, one totally. thing we did that you guys could definitely do is we did an ebook mm -hmm. on just like Instagram hacks, free ebook, link and story. And we got like 1500 downloads, That's which is 1500 awesome. emails in 24 hours. So I'm sure you could basically turn one of your blueprint emails into an ebook or e maybe a longer form. 
and love that you throw it up on lead pages and and do it i could set it up for you too or not set it up for you but show you how That's to do so it kind of you, by the way. game Thank changer you. yeah yeah ask broke agent i'm actually texting ben teller right now okay about right. what was it called ebooks yeah ebooks lead pages so you want your ebook to be a little bit longer and more in depth than the actual email so instead of like a blog post or something like that, you know, have it five or six pages, include some graphics and you could do an ebook about, you know, how to talk to your clients and with the housing changes that are going on or something like yeah. that, a way better title than that. And then awesome. intro, some graphics, conclusion. And then the way they download it is they put their email in and it is the best way to get emails from and you I've can seen. you can do new ones every like quarter yeah. just to like have a new blast of emails that come in. So like one could be like how you get luxury them. listings, how you you know script in a way to talk your clients through this difficult market or whatever. Yeah, I love that. Thank you guys. I appreciate that. Of course, really, really appreciate that. Yeah, game changer. See, yeah, man. You, know, you provide us value. We yeah. provide you value. No, you guys are pro awesome, quo right? here. You're yeah. right about gossip, though. We should like we should have you like storm off and be like David Parnes storms off. Overass podcast. Yeah, yeah, we'll yes. get so yeah. We gotta clicks. piss you off. Can we do something? that now. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. You know what, David? Josh Altman is so much fucking better. Yeah, he's way fucking better. You. you know what? Fuck you. Oh, come on, no. man. No. What about my ebook recommendation? Shit, Eric. <laughs> you know what's funny? My wife was like looking at me like, because she can't hear anything, right? So she just sees right. me like, fuck we could probably clip that. It would yeah, get so many that. clicks. That would get yeah. a lot of clicks. Do it. Do it. Awesome. I love that, <laughs> David. Thank you. So we we really really appreciate you coming thank on. You thank you so much. Thanks for everything. I love I love what you guys do, and um, yeah, I mean, I look forward to. I'll promote it on my channels as well, right? That'd Please. be great. That'd be we fantastic. Yeah. It. Guys, this is just for the outro. Thank you so much. And uh, I hope to see you guys soon. Keep crushing it. You guys are awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Subscribe to the blueprint.